The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. It's not a question of, is it a problem in the sense that, oh, I've got to uh, shame myself about it, but is it something that I see has to change? Can you elicit wonder around it? Instead of it being you judging yourself and saying, I'm this or I'm that, can you just say, wow, this happens. Let's discuss what's going on and what makes this happen. We went from not talkaboutable because it was defensive into another space, which was, oh, what goes on inside of you? What's occurring? What triggers such a quick reaction in you? And what I saw was that the talk about Audible comes when one isn't judging themselves. It's a wonderful chaos, random, messy and glorious. Solo or tandem? We work to find rest, we fight to find peace, both head and the heart. Andy and Bambos, we're going to be discussing the talk aboutable. Expanding the untalkable. No. What was the talk aboutable. The talk aboutable. Expanding the talk aboutable. Yeah. But I don't know if it was Bolalong who said this or if it was Stephen Palmer in the U.S., but somebody at some point said what they see the wonder of life is, is this expansion of the talkaboutable. And when they said that, and I reflected on a lot of our shows, I realized, well, that is actually what we're endeavoring is trying to create topics that people in general don't want to talk about and giving them space to make them talk aboutable. So one of the terms that we've used is says we create space. So we mm. create space, but I also feel like, I mean, Friday's show was about suicide and mm. uh, it was not, an easy show, obviously for you, we saw at the end, it was a lot of intensity. And I, and what I'd say is that people will tend to avoid that intensity. Yeah. And then in avoiding it because they don't want to feel the, the, the charge of it, the emotions that come up. Yeah. What, what do you, what comes up for well, you? I, I think the most dark show we've had was uh, with Chris Carell. Yeah, the Dark Night of the Soul show. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, on that show on Friday, like, we did end pretty abruptly in that we didn't necessarily need to process it on air. No. But you had a lot of emotions come up. And and for me, you allowing space, uh, you allowing space for that to, to just be present and let us kind of feel into what, what came up and then let it be on air. That's for me expanding the talk aboutable. Mm. And for for some it's really not easy and therefore they say, Listen, I mean, I, I tell you 
you know, I had two sides of my family in the, in the Catholic side, because mom was Catholic and dad was Jewish. On the Catholic side of my family, we really did not discuss things that were going on. There was a quiet um, tone that you don't talk about those sort of things. So I would say the talk aboutable space was pretty narrow. Yeah. In the, on that Catholic side of the family, my mom's. And on my dad's side of the family, the Jewish side of the family, like everything was talk aboutable. And um, even to the point where it was almost on the, on the boundary of God, is this uh, appropriate, right? I told you some of the stories of what my dad would say, but that was also to provoke. Yeah. Um, so the, I guess the, the thing I thought was nice to discuss is like how important and beautiful is it when we create more spaciousness in ourselves to allow topics to be discussed. And that's what, for me, a lot of what we do on a wonderful chaos is, is just let things that might not, might not be comfortable to discuss on very few occasions. We don't bring a show on because it's just too intense or too uncomfortable. We did one recently, which we didn't bring on. Which one was that? I don't know if we should talk about it, <laughs> but I do know we both agreed. We oh, could, <laughs> yes. I both, we both agreed we could make space for this, but actually, I don't know if I really wanted to make space it, for it. It wasn't, it wasn't only about us, though, right? It, it was about the person. True. Like, um, he is a friend. Yeah. And even, and he has, a, he has, a, like, I'll just keep it down. I don't know if he has a kind of autism. Mm. So he doesn't, he's not aware of social boundaries. Yeah. So in a way, by bringing him on and him talking about what he had to talk about, um, could destroy his life. Yeah. That's, that's we, what we, I saw. we couldn't preclude that he would be judged. And even though we might try to create a space where it was more talk aboutable, Others listening would say, hey, this guy is an idiot or whatever they whatever they uh, judge him as. So I, I actually, after you messaged him and said, we're not going to have you on the show, I also called him and I just shared that I was responsible and the reasons and he was grateful because he says, yeah, you're right. I don't see these things. Yeah. I did the same with another one of our friends who wanted to come on to have a, a talk. I remember. And I could see that I think when I, when we edit ourselves on this show, we edit to protect the people coming on the show. Because if you're, if we were like um, sensationalized only, what we would do is we'd say, oh, great. They're ready to leave themselves vulnerable and not consider the consequences, consequences of them being on the show. We do have one show, which I don't want to reference the names of them, but there are some sadder moments because some people have come on to our show, been very vulnerable. We expanded that talk aboutable space. But what I also saw was that the families of some of these people weren't comfortable or ready to hear what they had to say. Yeah. I remember. So, so that is also a challenge for us when we do this. And, and I've been more aware of it. A lot of times people say, Hey, I'm okay. And then at the end, they don't necessarily know uh, the consequences because you can only know afterwards. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first 100 shows we did, um, I had the tendency to be very vulnerable, like a lot, a lot, yeah. show myself, show myself. And at some point, I mean, there were moments I would go home and I would be shaking a bit because did I just do that? Mm. 
What's changed for you now? Awareness. Okay. Awareness that I don't, I don't need to do that all the time. And like, if I see that it's really, it's going to serve the whole. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, let's do this. Oh yeah. So you, you, you don't need to be vulnerable. You can, but you don't need to be. Yeah. 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 I, I know when I was, I used to do trainings with my mentor case who died as many of you know. And when he did trainings, what I noticed was that, um, there'd be a group and sometimes it would be hard for the, like, uh, people in the group to be vulnerable. So what I saw was sometimes I would need to, I say need to, but I would need to accelerate or help to accelerate the process by sharing a vulnerability in the group so that people felt safe to do the same. So I'd lead the way. Mm, yeah. and, and, and I see that's something that we certainly, I don't think we do it intentionally, but I I'd also say I want to be an example of what I'm asking others also to be. So, you know, being vulnerable on the show is part and parcel of being here. Yeah, definitely. Which is also a reason why on some of the shows we won't pick is if, if um, we've discussed it, of course, a few times, if someone comes on and says, I'll come on, but I don't want to discuss a specific topic. And if that topic is like central to everything going on in their lives, we don't do it. Then we just don't do it. Yeah. Because in the way it's like, we can't tippy tiptoe around the reality of the life. Then it's not authentic anymore. So I think when, when, um, when we discuss like the talk about a bull, I also see that we kind of, we make sure the conditions are there that we can talk about things. Cause I mean, we talk, uh, we, we've gotten into really heavy duty. Like if I look back at the themes we picked on the show, then, then we've really picked a lot of intense topics. There's certain weeks when I know when we did, like we had that one week of only world war two survivors, the people who had trauma from Holocaust camps, Holocaust camps, all of the, like all of those shows, those are holding space for that also is not always uh, comfortable. Because you, if you're holding space and you're allowing yourself to connect with them, you're letting some of that in. So I. Uh, but now we're talking about this topic, and it's com- and it's kind of um, segmented to the podcast. Hmm. And then, how do we create conditions? I think that's that's what I really remember uh, to have these conversations also in in real life. Yeah, you, life. you know what the funny thing is, is I think this is something that we've also learned. And, and, and I mean, it's not nice to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, is that I, I've seen that when we have people that are not sort of 40 or above, it's a very different talk. Yeah. So, so w- w- when people are still trying to be something to present themselves a certain way. Have an identity to protect. A strong identity to protect then I noticed that, that the talk aboutable is like more confined to the space that they're comfortable. Mm. Um, and it doesn't only have to do with age. That's that I know that's, that's also being, um, it's, it's just a general thing, but it's true. The consistency that at least I've seen is that the older one is the more, the more the talk aboutable will expand because they're not taking offense or defending their identity as much. It's not always true, obviously, but it's less so. 
Just based on the 259 shows we've done so far, people. <laughs> just so if you're in the category of young, then please don't take offense, even if you're offended. But yeah, that, that's something that that has we've discussed it as well. Um, that's a that's so the talk aboutable for me is also a question of how attached are the people we bring on to the beliefs that they have, because what I'll say is that we can hold space for that. We can make it talk aboutable, mm. but how much of, is it a dialogue like where we're both learning from one another and how much of it is just the two of us holding space for somebody to let off steam or share their point of view. Yeah. And we could do either or, but I, I certainly find when we're connecting with people and it's more of a dialogue where we're both learning and growing that there's something magical in that, in that experience. And I think people from my, the feedback that I've gotten directly is that they discover new things on each show. So it's not only that we have the interaction, but they go away realizing things that they didn't realize before. Yeah, definitely. Like one of my favorite shows, which is now available on podcast, you know, which the one, which one I'll point out. I love when you smile because I have no, an I idea. I smile because I want to kind of have a banner like it's this one. <laughs> but do you know which one? I'm no. curious because I told you I really loved it before. I didn't know if it would hit you again. The uh, Mariana, uh, ooh. ooh, her life as a karaoke uh, uh, waitress. And um, she's not 40, though. Yeah, exactly. But that's the whole thing is that it's not only about age, as we agree, but there is a general trend. So, but the thing that I found beautiful about that is that she learned about how intriguing that life was through our reactions to, to her, uh, to her answers to our questions. Mm. Like, I think she wasn't even aware how strange and unique that job was until she saw how we reacted to it. So, and, and, and I think the beauty of that is that clearly like she will be more vulnerable the less she feels judged right in the interaction. So the expanding the talk aboutable for me is always a direct consequence of how much judgment is brought into through our questions. So the talk about it will get smaller. The more someone feels triggered by judgment and what we ask them, mm. the less judgment they feel, the more open they are to say, Hey, I can say anything. And these guys are going to be open to listening, even if they don't necessarily agree per se. I'd love for the topics that people have where they're not necessarily talk aboutable, that I'd love for those also to be suggested to us because it's that space where we have, where it's less comfortable to talk about where we all learn and grow. That's where it becomes, life becomes a little bit richer and more interesting. And if we know of anything at the moment is that uh, people uh, are pretty siloed in their, um, in their understanding. Yeah. So how can we bring this topic closer to home right now? Because we're, we're talking around it as opposed to. Okay. So on, on, on the weekend I was with Ronnie Yeah, and we were driving to Belgium and uh, Ronnie has a, a reaction. Yeah. If someone pulls in front of her, she immediately swerves to the next lane without putting on a turn signal or looking if anyone's there. Oh, wow. And it happened. How, how do you know that she's not looking? I know because car switch over the next car and the next thing starts to beep. Maybe they yell at me and get aggressive towards you. 
Well, I mean, they're angry, so they just ain't yell at anyone in the car, you know. Um, and uh, and so then so the swerve happens, right? Yeah. So and so they swerve and then they get angry, and that was, and so basically, what happens is is that the first two or three times we talked about it, we said, "Hey, like, what's going on?" And I could see there was a defensiveness in it. So the the space that, that we could talk about it did not exist. It was a bit like. You know, I know, I know, I know. And then I said, okay, you know, but it's still happening. And then what I saw was that there was a negative, a negative reaction pushing away. And there was no dialogue. There was no talk aboutable space. Mm. And, um, and so that happens a few times. And, and, and I think the second time I was, I was like, like not giving a lot of space. I was like, this has to, we have to heighten consciousness around this because it's dangerous. It's not a game. Like I was really like, if, if, if two times you don't, you, 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 you know, you could have gotten an accident the third time. Now we're just waiting for an accident. It's just going to happen. It's just a question of when, because if you swerve directly into another lane where the car is next to you, then that car either is going to, you're going to hit it or it's going to hit another car. So um, what, what I saw was that we had this discussion. It was like, how do we address this? And, and it, and it, was interesting because it, it falls back a little bit on all the principles that I live by is that firstly, is that, is it, a, it, are we aware that it's a problem? Do we acknowledge that it's a problem? And, mm. and, uh, and up till that point, um, the, the discussion was Ronnie would acknowledge it, but it was often acknowledged with resistance. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. I, I, it's a problem. I know. Okay. Like, get away from me. I don't want to talk about this. And then, and I said, oh, I said, like, and, and as we started to discuss it, it was like, no, it's not a question of, like, is it a problem in the sense that, oh, I've got to, uh, I've got to shame myself about it. But is it something that I see has to change? Can you, can you, can you elicit wonder around it? Can you actually, instead of it being you judging yourself and saying, I'm this or I'm that, can you just say, wow, this happens. Let's discuss what's going on and what makes this happen. And what, what mm. would happen was we went from not talk aboutable because it was defensive into another space, which was, oh, what goes on inside of you? What's occurring? What triggers such a quick reaction in you? While she's driving. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and, and what I saw was that the talk aboutable comes when one isn't judging themselves or when the person asking the questions in this case, you is not judging the person, but you're coming from a genuine curiosity. Yeah. Or, you know, I've had people judge me and I still will allow them. I still won't judge them. I mean, I, I'll still be open to them. So you're right. It certainly helps if you're being judged. It's not really easy to say, Oh yeah, let me take your question seriously. Yeah. But yeah, agreed. So, and, and I would say when, when we're together that, I'll often feel like we're doing a great job when we are fully present, creating space, and we're increasing again and again the talk aboutable. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. And the talk aboutable mean the things that maybe one wouldn't because they would be too anxious about how it would make another person feel. And so they let that space. And so inevitably what happened was, and this is the humor, is that in allowing it to be more talk aboutable, there was less of a defensive trigger in it, which meant that immediately Ronnie was more relaxed and she became a better driver. 
And when I say better, meaning less reactive, because if you're less, if you're feeling less shut down, you're not, you're not, you're not defensively driving against traffic anymore. You're like, oh, look at this guy's pulling out. Okay, I'll slow down. You know that you're more present in the moment instead of uh, reacting to a past, uh, a past tense or a tense tension that you hold in yourself. So we went from a situation between the two of us where it was not talk aboutable, and I was okay with that because, hey, she can say, but by the third time when I saw that it had an impact on maybe killing somebody, I said, hold on, this, this can't be not talked about now. Hmm. And, uh, and, and, and we found each other and we created the space. And there was a lot of learning because the learning is, is that, and this is the weird thing about different minds, is that I have more of what would be associated a female mind and Ronnie has more of a masculine mind in the sense that Ronnie says, I, how do I solve it? She'll immediately ask how to solve something. And I'll say, no, no, let's first feel what's really going on here. No, no, I don't want to feel it. I just want to solve it. And then I laugh and say, yeah, the, you know, the way you're going around this is some of the challenge we're facing. Can you, can you see that maybe there's a way of also addressing it another way where in addressing it another way, you'll solve it as opposed to saying, I need to address it the way I address it. And that's, we've often had that, um, that way of looking, experience the world differently. Hmm. And I'm okay with it most of the time I have to say, because I don't get to decide. But as I said, if I feel like there's a life threatening issue that that's not being resolved, I start to set a little bit of boundaries. Wonderful. Yeah. And it was a beautiful, it was a really beautiful talk and we learned because of it for sure. Hmm. What comes up for you, by the way, because you, Oh, I'm really taking it in. Mm. I, uh, it's almost like this is part of your new book. Oh, yeah, exactly. The third draft of the book has gone out. So I've been told I need to tell more, tell more personal stories in it. So yeah. these might be the stories that are brought into the new book. Yeah. Bowl along as well. Thank you for always being there. He writes, we could not keep on coming back here. The wonderful chaos were we not being benefiting from each show nice Burlang, i like your new profile pictures by the way they're not new he has oh, new and old he's got two different profile pictures on at the same time no the, the facebook one. Oh, the facebook one great very nice um as humans we can pick up when the intentions are not pure then we close up sometimes we shut because we know we are wrong so bola long writes as humans we can pick up when the intentions are not pure, yeah. then we close up. Sometimes we shut just because we know we are wrong. Yeah. yeah. We defend. Yeah. That's beautifully stated. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's the hardest thing is to stay open when you've done something that could be apparently experienced as wrong. Like that's really, a, an, a, that's like the most critical moment to allow yourself to be open. And yet it's the moment which is hardest to be open. Yeah. Because we want to protect, especially if we know we've done something that's not right. And I say not right. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. I'm, 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 I'm sitting here and I'm having trouble thinking where in my life, in my interactions with people, there's no, there is no talk about balls and I, how I navigate those, but, um, even with uh, this woman that I'm seeing at the moment, we have a ritual every morning. 
we have a 10 minute each check-in like okay. how, how how was it for you how was yesterday did anything come up for you was there a closure was there an expansion and i th- and it, it's kind of become a ritual with our hot chocolate and with our coffees and and because there's a it's a 10 minutes where an individual talks and the other person is just listening so yeah. there can be silences like you can always see when things come up uh-huh uh, and I noticed through through those ten minutes, it's uh, because there is no judgment. No one's going to cut you off to defend anything. There's space, so we've we've been I've been using that in interaction to get to know her better, and also for us to hold space for each other. Have you have any issues come up that were not easy to discuss? Uh, nothing like that's what I was saying. Was there something that? We, we've talked about everything, even mm-hmm. things which haven't been very comfortable, including me not wanting children and she potentially wanting children. Okay. Um, but it, it's been what I see in our conversations is that there's a lot of respect for each other mm-hmm. and there's a lot of love. So as we're sharing, uh, she's not trying to convince me of anything and I'm not trying to convince her of anything. It's like, oh, this is what it is right now. Nice. It's just the and there is an allowing from both of us to unfold. Yeah, yeah. And and so going back to a little bit about expanding the talk about a bull, I would say that the degree to which either of you, through your acceptance or allowance of the talk to be, creates more of the talk about a bull. Yeah. And I'd say if one of you was saying really. I don't think that's a good idea. Then immediately that would shut down what can be talked about because you'd feel implicitly that there's some judgment or some ideas of good or bad. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, if you look at anything in the, especially as you know, I always like to point at the U S cause I feel like it's such a, a Petri dish of the perfect storm where you have obviously two different parties which have two different ideologies which are propagated and, you know, depending on what social media or what TV station you're watching. So in a way, the U.S. has severely, like, uh, made very small the talkaboutable. Oh, yeah. So you can talk about certain things in small groups of people who already agree with you. But outside of that, it gets really complicated. And the hard thing is, is that, you know, everyone feels self-righteous like they have the truth. So either fringe of a very, very liberal or a very, very conservative, they're actually no different than one another. And that they're both um, so so stuck in a belief. Pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, that, that in a, but each one would say, no, no, my belief is that I'm more open. And then they, they create the justification for that. Um, and mm-hmm. so, and, and so that, that, that's an example where the talk aboutable space gets really, really small. Yeah. Especially when the beliefs are, uh, dominating and there's no space for exploration, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'd say, I don't know on our show and this 260 odd shows coming up, like, I don't, I don't feel there were any show. There were shows I thought where. I would try to help a guest that I thought that they were kind of stating things a little bit in a way that could be judged to reframe it. And, uh, and you laugh on some of the shows, you'll see the guest, uh, 
they 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 appreciated it. And other times, the guests doubled down, and they were even more offensive. <laughs> I was like, okay, if you want to go there, you know, I can't help. You know, yeah. There was one show that jumps out at me in my mind that I'll never forget. You know, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. What in you would not like? What part? Oh, because let's say that's a good question. Um, because if I name it, I can name it, but then that guest was also here, and he was or she was our guest. And by there's no need to throw them under the bus. And yeah, and then and then and then what's the safe space we create? We can have our experience, we can laugh at our experience, but by um, by stating it in a way that doesn't give them a chance to even defend themselves, then uh, then it just doesn't feel doesn't feel like it's being um, uh, taking the 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 risk they took to be on our show um, uh, seriously. Like, <laughs> like they, people do take a risk. We ask them, everyone who watched our show knows the first question we ask them before they come on is what do we not talk about? Cause we can go anywhere. And then, you know, they'll say, don't talk about this or that. And otherwise uh, it's open. Yeah. So in some ways I feel like when you create that much space, there is some degree of responsibility that, Hey, I'm not going to like then afterwards, analyze the way you responded to things yeah wonderful i had the i i do i do have something to share last so i had a dear friend she's actually has been one of my biggest fans in terms of my photography business when i first started yeah and in a conversation it happened three years ago so something happened between us and I was in scarcity and fear. So I felt that she was interfering in my business in a way that I didn't feel comfortable. And because I was coming from fear, I shouted at her okay. and for her, that was a boundary and she didn't talk to me again. And, you know, I tried to reach out to her several times and there was nothing. When you say you shouted at her, can you give me a context of what that sounds like? Can you, could you role play it for me now? Like what would it have been like? Well, she was strong in what she was saying and and then i raised my voice and being strong in what i was got it so in a way i didn't feel the spaciousness in me to hold space for her to hear what was her intention and the other way around okay um so i reached out again last week Mm -hmm. and this time there was a response and we uh i i saw I, I felt I felt excited to talk to her, but also, okay, w- what does this conversation mean? And when I got on, I saw that she was still in the pain of our last conversation. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, fuck, she's really carried this. Wow. And she said, before we do anything, I really want to talk about what happened. Wow. And I'm like, I'd love to hear what your version of the story is, and then I can share my version. And then... okay. Um, and then she shared her version and she asked, she said, because you, she said that I also cursed okay. in the moment, uh, even though I don't have recollection, I could see that it's very possible that I did. Of course. Yeah. So she said, before we do anything, I really want to hear an apology from you or else we, we can't continue this conversation. Wow. Um, I said, let me, let me share what was my version. Okay. where I was coming from and not to defend anything I talk about. I do want to put it out there before I apologize. So as I was talking, I was connecting also a little bit to what she was had said. And 
in me, there was nothing that didn't want to apologize. But I saw that through the apology, an expansion happened and a connection happened, which was really beautiful. And I was feeling very grateful in that moment because I was really scared to reach out to her because mm. I had been rejected twice uh, up until that point. Okay. But I felt, wow, we, we've had such a foundation in our friendship that I don't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was occupying a big part of my brain for quite a long time. So I see if things occupy me, then I need, I need to do something about it. Yeah. I learned that from you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, when we talked about expanding the talk aboutable, then the talk aboutable would be, can we discuss the thing that's really uh, the, the elephant in the living room in this case? Yeah. <laughs> living room? Isn't that the living room? I think that's the same. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a similar situation that came up last week when um, I finished the third draft of uh, the book. Yeah. I sent it to some people to read. And I talked to my oldest brother, Michael, and we've often had this relationship where when he'll in the past when he's wanted to help me he was more instructional of what I should do and less experiential how it impacted him or what he's feeling so um in on one of my walks I always get a little bit more energetic when I'm walking but he said what was that with your thumbs you mean no when I'm walking as I'm walking like around Fondel Park I've got my 15,000 steps in, you know, and then, um, and he, and he said something in the direction of like, there are people, consultants who do this for a living and know how to do it. And, and, and I realized that, um, the one thing that I've started to be very uh, less interested in are the paid consultants who you pay. Then they tell you, you got to pay $15,000 and all these other things in order to get the value. And then when the value doesn't come, they don't hold themselves accountable to anything. <laughs> and I've just seen it so many years now. Um, I already know the script. Like I, I can tell you how to make your business successful and then you're going to need to invest in it. And Hey, it didn't really work out like we expected, but, and then there's always an excuse. Um, and uh, there's very few consultants. that will say, Hey, listen, I'll just get paid on a, on the basis of your success. Because I know, I know you're going to be successful. So when you succeed, I succeed. So as long as mm -hmm. I get a percentage of that, are you up for it? I'm up for it, right? That, that would be a, a, a way of saying sharing the risk. Nice. Um, but so he started to kind of lecture me, and I use the word lecture as a soft, but it tell me like there was this is what I should do or in that direction. And I was like, you know, I want you to read the book, but I'm not interested in any of your solutions, I want to know what your experience was. I want to know where you were touched, where you were not touched, where you lost connection with what was written and when you felt more. So like, I want to know your experience, not how you think the book should be, should have been written. Or else write your own book. Well, whatever you, but so that, but it was like, it was a strong, it was like, uh, the, so I, I wanted the feedback, but I didn't want the feedback in the shape and form of this is what I learned on how to write a book. And this is how the book should be written. Yeah. 
And I, and so that was a, it was, it was, it was a tense talk on some ways because I was so strong. Cause I'm like, I just, I, I don't need that in my life anymore. I want everyone who's going to come to share whatever it is they think they can support. What's their experience with me? Not what do they read in a book about something that tell me what the book said? Like, that's not, that's not really where I'm gravitating towards at the moment. So, so how do you connect this to the topic of our show? I talked the talk about a bull was in a way when we were discussing there, there are times when I would love to expand the talk about a bull, but, and actually that part of the talk about a bull is also setting boundaries about what I want to talk about, how I want to interact. Mm. So I don't, I don't want talk about to be there without including me. Mm. So I'd love to talk to you about this, but there's certain ways that I would want it to do it. If, if we're going to do this, this is the way it works for me. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Because it's not self-sacrifice, which is why on the show, we've often discussed why we do or don't bring certain people on because we're not doing this, creating talk aboutable for the sake of talk aboutable. We're doing it because there's something interesting, something we can learn or something we can benefit from. Hmm. I mean, look at Friday's show. Of course, that was, as we both already discussed, a very intense show. I, I really, yeah. I, I had no clue how it would impact me. Really? Really. Like, we, we, we I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about suicide. Okay, I've had five of those. Yeah. But what can, we didn't discuss it on the air. Do you, is, are you comfortable discussing it now? Yeah, sure. So what, what, what did come up for you in that moment? Um, well, as... Ian was sharing, I was reliving. Oh, wow. And as I was reliving from where I am today, I, I was the 16-year-old, the 18-year-old, mm. the 20-year-old, the 25-year-old. Wow. Um, and even recent in the last two years, I also, th it crossed my mind. And I was like, wow, it's crossing my mind now where I am. Mm. And assuming that I am more grounded, but wow, I can still entertain those thoughts and wow. let it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shocked me. I had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I always say breath work saved my life. Mm. And, and I guess I haven't really talked about it in depth. Or maybe I have, but I haven't really felt it. Like, oh, wow, I really had that. Uh, experience again like yeah and the show the, the sitting with it for an hour was really like uh allowing me to feel it and i did get messages after the show asking me uh um if i'm okay and yeah it, yeah when he described going and drinking the whiskey and taking a pill drinking the whiskey and taking a pill drink like i i have to say i kind of saw the experience very viscerally it wasn't a it was no longer just a concept that was really uh so i i yeah it was clear that the top the topic wasn't easy for you i guess the question that i'm always have is that we don't pick topics to make them uncomfortable we pick them to allow spaciousness to discuss them right so are you saying embracing pain to create a meaningful life Bam. So, okay. But I mean, we don't embrace pain for the sake of embracing pain. Hopefully pain comes up at times and we just embrace it. Like, it's I think, allowed. I think some people, 
have this idea at times that it has to be painful. Actively looking for pain. I'm like, no, it just happens. And I, uh, I'm not resisting. That, that was, that was me for a very long time, by the way. What was that? Well, I thought I had to suffer in order to grow. And yeah, I know, I know. And I, I, I don't, I, that it, it seems like another lifetime. When I, did that change for you? Uh, when, while in Cyprus and transitioning back here. Hmm. That you don't have to suffer to grow. Yeah. yeah. And I guess being with my mother and spending that those three weeks with her also every morning almost mm. and uh, uh, having judged her most of my life for being negative and in her head. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's like we, we're still calling every day. And we're laughing every day. Beautiful. So, yeah. I'm like, what are we going to talk about today, mom? He's like, nothing. <laughs> you woke me up. Volalang <laughs> <laughs> writes uh, some stuff as well, usually. <laughs> Usually, we need to be sure that when we are wrong and admit it, the other person is not going to use it against us. Yeah. Isn't that a, that's a hard one, isn't it? Because once we've done the thing that the mistake, right, whatever that is, whatever we perceive as a mistake ourselves, and we know we're going to admit it, then, then the fear is that that other person is going to use it against us. If I admit something, I'm doing it for myself, though. Yeah, but as, if you look at that mind, I, I'm, I'm going in, when, when, when Bolalong writes that, I go into like the child mind that I had when, um, like I remember when, um, when I was w- with my dad and I was always so scared of my dad that I didn't want to tell him anything that went, that happened because I'd be worried that he would then use it against me. So what ended up happening always was this, that in not telling him, he got even more angry at me because he was pissed off that I now hid it from him. So it was it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. My fear of him created even more tension and, and distrust in our relationship and more anger from his side. Yeah. Till the point when he, you know, disowned me for those 10 years. Yeah. And I I, I think that was the getting back to the discussion I mentioned that I mentioned with Ronnie was that in in the world of the, the Ronnie in the world of myself, you could look at how our brains are func- processing the world a little differently. If I do something that is not ideal, let's call it that, or I'd like it to be different, I look at it and wonder, where is that coming from? You're not judging it. No. What What makes that I do that? What's going on here? Right. It's like a reflection. It's almost like a meditation for me. Mm. And with Ronnie is immediately there's a judgment and a defense. So no matter what I say, will be looked at through the lens of I don't want to be wrong. Mm. And, and that that's where where I see the learning and the talk aboutable. Again, we use the word. It just decreases because we're not open to hearing anything because we're already defending. Well, when we met. Yeah. Um, when you when you were in the beginning supporting me with how trying to figure out how to get my business up and running yeah. as a photographer, I remember we had the conversation. We were sitting in your kitchen one morning. Okay. Um, and I was sitting there, and I and I remember I was feeling a lot of tension because I had a, a secret to share with you, <laughs> and, yeah. the, and the secret was, uh, and, and what I told you was, hey Andy, um, I, I'm noticing that. I need something from you. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm trying to hide that. There was I, I don't remember. Yeah, I remember that. something. Yeah. And and then you told me, well, that's great. The difference is you're admitting it, and other people are, and everyone else around me are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I really thought you were going to kick me out that day. Before you said I, it, I was so scared. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what it was, or what was it? It, it? it was something like you will stop helping me if you knew that I, like, there was a part of me that. So that I was kind of manipulating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you were that in your behavior. There was some sort of manipulation that, yeah. if you uh, if you shared it, then maybe I would then say, "Oh my God, I'm being manipulated" or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you laughed at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The difference is you're conscious that you're doing it now. Yeah. I was with my nieces on the weekend. <laughs> I saw the video. I got my hair done. You might still see it's. Uh, I did my hair by an eight and a six-year-old this weekend. Very. Uh, I love the video, and it's fucking great. <laughs> half therapeutic, half uh, half. Uh, uh, what's going to happen to me after they're done with me? They actually had makeup that they didn't quite get to because we ended too quickly. Thank, thankfully, um, but uh, but one of the children has a propensity to be manipulative. I love you. <laughs> no, not that manipulative. So they want to be carried all the time. And if you don't carry them, then all of a sudden they start to cry. And then they start to like hope that they, they, they've kind of learned that, that, Hey, I can, I can get things I want by, by crying. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, I kind of laugh because, you know, with me, that ain't going to work, you know? Yeah. So, um, so, uh, you hear that kids? (laughs) (laughs) All you kids out there is not going to work on uncle Andy. I love it. Um, Continue. And so, and so at some point, you know, uh, the, the funny thing was, or the not so funny thing was, this, is that she says, you know, Andy, carry me, carry me, carry me. No, I can't carry you. call you Andy or Uncle? Uncle Andy, Uncle Andy. Yeah. Um, carry me, carry me, carry me. I said, no, no, you're seven years old. No, I can't carry you. I'm not seven years old. I'm six years old. Oh, you're eight years old. Oh, no, I'm not six. So I like, just like, I'll, I'll just increase the numbers. And then, so, but she's not getting what she wants. Um, and I'm not, if, if, if I was using the practice from hand in hand parenting, then I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't tease her as, as this is, this could be felt as a tease. Um, I would just hold her and say, Oh, I know you want to be, you want to be carried, but I can't carry you. You know, I'd give her more of that spaciousness to out her emotion, but, um, but I wasn't there and I was just enjoying myself. So I said, uh, and then at some point it wasn't even that long after she just started to cry. She says, she says, Andy, you're too funny. I don't like that you're too funny. She called me too funny the whole time. You're too funny. And then the other sister says, no, Andy, you're not too funny. I like that you're too funny, you know, but the, 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 the point being was that there was this um, tension that, that she wasn't getting what she wanted. And she was hoping mm. that the tears would, uh, would force me to, uh, to succumb to her needs. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, give me a second. Yeah, please. What, 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 what has this got to do with the talk about it? Uh, you talked a second ago, you mentioned something about, um, manipulation. Oh, okay. Okay. And I was just fo- following up from the manipulation talk and how that also I see shows up in different shapes and forms. If I had to think about it from talk about um, uh, you know, when someone is manipulative, it's probably nice to discuss that because that can also happen. And let's say maybe they're not aware 
of that manipulation. So they're just they they're long. Yeah, but how do we, how, how do you address that though? Because you don't you, like already manipulation. There's a judgment there. So how would you address it where it's not so loaded? Well, I mean, and manip- I've always I get it this I I get it put values or define words in the way that I define them. Everyone gets to deci- decide for themselves. So. And I don't know if you got to that chapter in the book yet, but I I spent a chapter discussing at least how I distinguish influence and manipulation. I don't know if you read that one or not. Okay. Well, in my dichotomy of how I look at it, I do see that just by the mere fact of being, we influence each other. Just by being on the show, even by being quiet on a show, you've noticed if you're quiet on a show, you'll influence a show by not saying a word. So just the mere fact of being present, you're an influence. Now, the question becomes, when does that influence now have uh, uh, ulterior motive? When do you like uh, I can tell you when a cold caller calls me on the phone and says, Andy, do you want to save money on your electricity? So that's manipulation because their intent is for me to say yes so that they can use that yes against me in the following question. Because if I say yes to that, then basically they think they've got me. So do, that's manipulation. Do you say no? Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. And then they get angry at me. I also say no. Yeah, I what, know. But they'll get angry at me. What's your reason for saying no? I uh, know. I'm happy with my supplier. Yeah, I, I say I, I'm using the green energy and they're really expensive, but I use them. I, I, uh, I, that's a good answer. I didn't have that available. You, can, you, you feel free to use that cold yeah. can opener. Yeah, so uh, so that that would be the manipulation for me is when the intent of the individual is not to think about your interest, but to get you to something that they want, regardless of what what are your new interests, right? Because like you just said, I'm happy paying more for green energy. Like that isn't the question. Is the question is how do I get you into my funnel? So if I get you to say yes enough times, their belief is that you'll finally buy. But the like getting to the getting to the the talk aboutable space. The one thing I'd like to like kind of close with on that subject because it is where we started was that I do feel when you can make space inside of yourself, you can actually learn and understand other people so much better that in a way they change because they can listen to themselves speak and see where they don't even agree with themselves. Mm. I think a lot of times people have hidden beliefs and they don't even realize where they're contradicting. But when you give them the space to speak and then hear themselves say things, they'll often hear when it doesn't sound as aligned or when there's a a contradiction or some kind of hypocrisy in it. And they'll often figure it out themselves without you having to tell them. Hmm. But that comes with uh, space holding. Yeah. That comes like really listening. Yeah. And I mean, it gets hard on some topics like like when, you know, some subjects are so, so sensitive that it's almost like by bringing them on, we're 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 uh, we're actively almost antagonizing people because they have that much charge. So molestation or pedophilia, like two really, really horrific discussions. And yet the people who are the perpetrators of these will often have had. Uh, that done to them and separating that there are consequences for behavior and that you can still hold space for them to process 
not to justify, not to validate or not to, not to excuse the behavior, but leave space for them to share so that you can learn and grow from the experience is something that's really hard for society to make space for because the assumption is if you understand it, you're normalizing it and accepting it, which is not true. You're not normalizing and accepting it. You're learning and understanding what drove a behavior to begin with. And, I, and, we'll, and the sadness I see in society is that we're not leaving space for just to see what another human's experiences is without already judging what is or isn't acceptable. Hmm. And I, again, I'm going to say it. It does not mean the behavior is acceptable or it shouldn't be punished, period. And yet you can still hold space and make it talk aboutable so that we can learn and grow from understanding it. And that's the, that's the real challenge I see is that people can't separate that. They think if you talk about it by you implicitly are saying it's okay to discuss this and it's acceptable by societal standards and it's exactly not that. Yeah, I, I remember we had a workshop in this room, actually. Uh, we did the connection games. Okay. And uh, in the workshop, I, I really don't remember how it came up, but two people had been raped in their life. Yeah. And, you know, as that evolved and that was shared, I didn't want to skip over it because I, I saw that it was really vulnerable for the two individuals when they shared this. Yeah. Um, so as we were holding space for that and allowing the people to be seen and felt and loved, I realized, oh, wow, it's possible that there might be someone in this group that has been the rapist. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of heightened awareness that how that impacted me. Like if there is someone in this room that has been in that role, that, what did I say? It was more like, you're fully welcome to share and you won't be judged, mm -hmm. but it's just a space. And for me, it's always a place of who were you back then? What was going on mm -hmm. for you? And, and then I realized as I spoke, we've all raped. Yeah. Uh, in a way of everyone is in this room has had sex with someone when it wasn't a full, yes, you felt it. The other person was incapable and, but you still just want to have sex. Yeah. For example, or you raped yourself by not having a full yes and you just allowed it to happen because you wanted to be loved and accepted in that moment. And in that moment, it was really beautiful because everyone could feel the deeper truth in that. And yeah. there was no hypocrisy. Yeah, the challenge is that because we also have to be aware, let's say someone actually did rape somebody, hit in a corner and, and actually, so that is actually an offense. It is an offense. Yeah. Legally, it's an offense. They can go to prison for that. So in a, in a way, we also have to be aware that there's a border there where when you invite it into a room and then someone says, well, I actually raped somebody because they were, they were, you know, at some time in my life. And, and, and like in some ways, there are consequences for them sharing mm -hmm. that story in the group. Like literally consequences. Like, yeah. So there is a there is a, a fine line between creating the space and then if someone had done something and they were open in that space and sharing, hey, I did this thing that was beyond, 
then then there would be a really uh, it would be a, an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, because you couldn't just say, oh, we can love you for that. And then and then uh, and there's no consequence. Again, it goes to if someone in the group would acknowledge that they had pedophilia, you couldn't just say, hey, that's uh, OK. That's OK. So that's the challenge, uh, I would say, in life is we want to expand the talk aboutable, but expanding the talk aboutable also doesn't mean there aren't consequences for behavior, which is then um, harming others. Yeah. That's, and that's, uh, and and that's why it was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't, and I don't want to leave the show saying, oh, we'd leave that space open and not be aware of the, of the, uh, the consequences for what may come out of it, which isn't, uh, isn't easy. You haven't had to deal with it per se, but in that sense, you didn't deal with it then. But it can come up, and nice. uh, and that's where, like in a in a like where playing games or like therapy, like there's a fine line in that world where I see that a lot of times the games can go to an edgier point where the trainers might not even be aware of the door they're opening because there's consequences for things that are then brought into the public realm. So that's a something something for another show. I think I, I have one of the shows called Tra- uh, Le- uh, Creating Space versus Retraumatizing. That's one of the shows we have. Thank you, Bonnie. He says religious organizations usually do not report such cases to authorities where people admit to doing wrong. That is true. As a kid, Bolalong, I think you know, in my grade school, the priest was molesting the kids. And it was made aware that it was happening. And he was shipped to Rome so that he didn't have to face prosecution. And my mom was told if she was going to repeat this to anybody, that she would be excommunicated from the church. So um, that's a prime example of where, um, where we aren't, uh, aren't holding people accountable. And yeah. it's not talk about it. And that's not talk about it. And we can say anyone that says not talk about it usually has something to hide. Thank you for being with us. We see you when, Bambos? Tomorrow. On? Wonderful. Chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it down.